well, sure. If you want me to help this kid, I'll do it. You know, I was responding to a very real need in the community. And it was fun and it was rewarding. And it was a lot like what I had been doing when I was teaching and running nonprofits. And then now, 15 years later, I have created the largest student coaching practice in the country, in the United States. And our focus is on students who are neurodiverse. So we help students who have ADHD, autism, mood disorders, learning differences, be successful both in school and in life. And so it's really a very organic story of trying to do the next right thing and meeting a need that was in the community and there was a business opportunity and a mission opportunity. And it's been a great, great journey. And I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So awesome. I would love to know because, you know, so often many of our listeners are just starting businesses and things like that. What were your three biggest struggles in the beginning of getting this off the ground? Definitely for me, it was a sense of, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm going to be called to do next? You know, I didn't have a plan. And because 15 years ago, coaching was a very new idea, and especially coaching with kids. And so for me, I think my biggest struggle was, am I supposed to be doing this? What is this? You know, it was figuring out what is coaching? What does that look like with kids who have ADHD or autism? And the second thing I would say is there was a real loneliness factor. You know, you're alone when you're creating a new product. I wasn't joining a community of professionals, even though I have a PhD in psychology. You know, most psychologists are not doing what I'm doing. Very few people are doing what I'm doing. And then I think third, um, it really was just learning how to explain what I was doing to people in the community so they could understand who to refer me to. So I don't know how much of that will resonate with your listeners, but it was definitely a time of, you know, this is a whole brand new thing and I'm doing it by myself and I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the next and try to meet this need. And from there is is how the practice grew into the international student coaching practice that it is now. It takes one step to get things started. And parents, again, we don't have a rule book. And when you have kids that are neurodiverse, when you have kids that are dealing with special challenges, my middle son was speech delayed. And my background was in special ed. So I taught him to sign. Because I, I used to have, you know, you have to sign it, you have to say it, you have to tell mommy what you want, so I don't understand you. And, and then I got him into school before he was three. And the first thing the speech therapist said to me was, well, you taught him to sign. Why would he learn to speak? And I just looked at her and said, where did you get your degree in a Cracker Jack book? I was like, are you kidding me? Did you see my kid's IEP? He's, this is the only way he can express himself. And it was mind-blowing to me 
that she didn't see the correlation of whether you're hearing impaired or not. Teaching kids to sign when they're little helps their vocabulary grow. It typically connects them to things as parents. Sometimes you're educating the educators. I, yeah. I'm sure you face that a lot yeah. with kids that you are coaching and almost fucking the system with the teachers that they have on a daily basis of how to reach this child. The biggest thing we run into is that people think about ADHD and autism and, and mood disorders as behavioral problems. I hate that word. I think mm-hmm. it is one of the worst mistakes the psychiatric community ever made was to start using that term behavioral problems. And I understand why they did it, but it really leads parents, educators, professionals into this false sense of kids are choosing these behaviors if they just tried harder, you know, and that is so unfair to kids. If there's one thing I hope to change in the world before my work is done, it's replacing the word behaviors with symptoms. Um, The symptoms were really severe this week. Or can you tell me how to manage these symptoms effectively in the classroom? Or doctor, I'm really struggling with our ADHD symptoms at home. I think it's just a game changer in how we think about things. So Yes, I hope my legacy will include helping thousands of families, but I also hope that it will include changing the field of how we talk about neurodiversity and just kicking that word behaviors to the curb. I hate it. I'm right there with you. So I have to ask you, we constantly talk about the work-life balance and really the juggling act that it is. You're a CEO. You're a mom owning a coaching company, and you have two atypical kids. So how are you keeping all those balls in the air, and how can you help other moms, giving them a little bit of insight? Yeah. And I homeschool. So (laughs) throw that one on the list. You know, this is what I would say, is that each and every one of us figures it out for ourselves, right? I don't have any great tips like meet a friend this week at Starbucks or take a bubble bath. What I have said, you know, both professionally and personally is do what you need to do. Give yourself permission to do that. If it is spending the morning at a coffee shop when you think you should be cleaning the house, if it's hiring someone to answer the phone Whatever it is, I think the most important thing we can do as women and moms is say, what do I want? What do I want? And how can I make that happen? Because we know, we have that soulful knowledge of what is the thing we need so we can move forward either in parenting as our kids mature, in our business growth, um, in our profession. And so I think it's taking time, and maybe it's even asking someone to help you think that through. What do I want? What's next? I've been so fortunate to have business mentors, to have professional mentors, and just good friends that have said to me, what's the next step? What do you see? And a lot of times I'll start by saying, I don't know. I really don't know. But that process of asking ourselves, what do I want? What's next? is vitally important. And then figuring out, okay, how do I make it happen? It's often 
what's the next step? I don't know. I haven't taken it yet. (laughs) It's amazing because, again, when with everything that you are juggling and now with teachers feeling so overwhelmed, I applaud you for homeschooling. I've been having this discussion with people for so long because if I were raising kids now, I would be homeschooling. And people really have that misnomer that homeschooling is seven, eight hours a day of doing this. And no, it's not. And mm-hmm. and people forget that having your kids cook with you, it's a science lesson. It's a math lesson. It is yeah. a life lesson. It is turning a liquid into a solid or a solid into a liquid. And all of these things, life is an education. So I think that homeschooling, you know, is something, especially with kids, who are atypical, that is going to get them farther than being in a classroom of people that don't understand. I think it's the next right thing for now. And, you know, I think that is one of the principles that has guided my life since I was a kid, you know, is what is the next right thing for me? And not, I mean, I always feel the social expectations. I, I don't want to come across as some natural born rebel. I feel the social expectations. I'm well aware of what I should be doing. But I also have always had this strong conviction to follow what's best and what's right for me. And that's been true since I was a child, since I was in graduate school, since starting the practice and, and as a parent. And I struggle with going back and forth between, okay, What's everyone else doing? What's the right thing? What's the conventional thing versus what do I know is the right thing for me? Um, And so I think that's something I would want to say to, you know, moms who are starting or running a business is it's okay to struggle. It's okay to think maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I should be doing that. It's okay to be self-conscious about that. And it's okay to do what's best and what's right for you. For many years, I had an actual office I went to that I paid rent for, right? I didn't need to do that. I really had a a model where I could have worked from home, but I needed that space to go to, to separate myself. And I loved having an office. It just gave me such a great feeling. And, um, you know, while I was still the one seeing students, I would see students there, but I could have easily done without an office, but it was what I needed to get into the space of how do I build this practice from me seeing people to having 20 coaches and seeing students in the U.S. and Dubai and South America and Canada. And um, when I gave up the office um, a few months ago, I was really sad about that. Um, I work now from home and and it's fine, but I really loved having an office. You know, when I made the decision to homeschool, um, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to homeschool. It was what I thought was the next right thing. And I did think long and hard, how am I going to run the practice, you know, and have 20 coaches to supervise and be homeschooling. But I'll tell you this, I'm kind of the homeschool principal because they do an online school. So I don't want to give myself more credit than I deserve. I'm I'm the homeschool principal, but they do have online teachers. On that note, please think about what Dr. Russell is saying because we don't do it all. It's out there to help us. So please really think about what was being said. We're going to take a quick break. 
say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave, she is bold, she is you, and we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio. We're talking with Dr. Noreen Russell about Russell coaching. I love what you just said. I really do. I love because, you know, sometimes, let's face it, especially as moms, we just beat ourselves up. Like we're supposed to know it all. And there's so much that happens. And and let's face it, what happens when that mom just starts to shut down because she just thinks there's too much and she can't handle it? What do you say to that woman? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really tough. I think that we are not so great at giving ourselves permission to worry, to think, to consider, you know, yes. I am all about having a positive can-do attitude. I'm from the Midwest. I have got, you know, that sort of Midwestern get it done in my genes. But I've also had to acknowledge that I'm someone who is thoughtful, who, you know, is anxious at times. And, And I think that we can do a better job of saying to women, it's okay, stop, slow down. Think about what you want and acknowledge this is how I'm feeling. I feel really nervous to take out a line of credit on the business. I feel really nervous to hire my first full-time employee. I feel really concerned about the expenses during, you know, this year of the economy. I want us to normalize having concerns and support each other in figuring out what to do with those. I think that we have a hard time in this culture, you know, American culture, between having a positive can-do attitude versus sometimes not listening to ourselves. And, And I think as moms who are running businesses, being innovative, you know, often doing all the things all the time, 
it is okay to have a moment to go to the bathroom and cry or be discouraged or take a break or call a friend and say, I hate doing this. And you know what? In expressing those feelings, I think it brings us back to why did I start this business in the first place? What was I wanting to do? What was I hoping to do? You know, we don't have to stay in this state of constant like, I love my Etsy business or I love, you know, the the practice I have of home decor and simplification. We all are human beings, you know. I think acknowledging our humanness is so vitally important for our mental well-being. Well, in honoring our humanness, what do you do for yourself to take you back to yourself again? I'm going to tell you this. When I was working full-time, I would drop the kids off at school, and I would go and buy this horribly overpriced coffee, and I would sit in the parking lot, and I would drink the coffee, and I would listen to my instrumental piano music, and I was I was um, always the last person to arrive at the office, and every day I had to tell myself, you know what, it's okay that you're the last person at the office, because you're also the most efficient, and you're the fastest, and you're getting all of your productivity goals met, um, so that was something. I'll tell you something else that some of your listeners may relate to. I have a terrible sweet tooth. And so I constantly have in my freezer, my favorite dessert, which is cupcakes. And I let myself have a cupcake most days. Um, And I love having my cupcake most days. And so that's something I do for myself. I will say another thing that I do for myself is I have always shared with my kids what I'm doing and why and what their role has been in that. And that's something I do for me to connect with them and also to feel like I'm integrating that mom entrepreneur with the, you know, mom who loves my kids and and wants to do nothing but have connection with them. So coffee, cupcakes, connection. I love it. You know, it's so funny. I was a returning education student. I had always, I had written a life plan when I was 10 and had put in it when I started having a family, because I was doing theater professionally. When I started having a family, that's when I'd go to college. And mm-hmm. I had two, I wasn't pregnant yet. A couple of months later, it happened with my third child, and I was sitting in one of my classes, and I would bring my morning cup of tea because it was an early class, and Dr. Sam said, I really prefer people not bring food and drink to my classroom, and I said, I totally respect that, and I'm in a class with 18 and 19-year-olds. This is the only cup of tea I get that has caffeine in it and that I don't have to share with my children. And he said, enjoy that cup of tea, Dory, by all means. Thank you so much, because it was it was the only cup I would have in a day that had caffeine until, of course, I got pregnant with my next one. But that little face is where can I have a sip, Mommy? And, you know, just, and that was for me. That was my cup of tea that I could just sip and sip as I'm sipping on one now as we're talking. So for you, since we're asking you what, you do. Who do you lean on? You've built this business. You've got two neurodiverse kids and everything else. You're handling a 
staff, who do you connect with when we can all feel so disconnected? You know, I will say, and I, I want to share this because it says something so special. My son, who is incredibly complicated and suffers from a terrible mood disorder, is always such a cheerleader. If I say to him, I'm talking to a mom this morning or I'm meeting with a new student or, you know, this student is in 11th grade and they have five F's and they are really struggling. He's like, mom, I believe in them and I believe in you. Go help them. And um, so, again, while that might sound a little bit out of the box that some of my biggest cheerleaders are my two kids, I think that's an important thing for me to say, you know, is that they understand the purpose and the reason behind what I'm doing. And my son, especially, who's just so emotionally expressive, will say to me, Mom, you've got this. You can do this. And and I'll call and I'll say, I'm going to be late. I'm delayed. I need to meet with this, you know, family. And he's like, Mom, that's okay. We've got it. Um, so he is just amazing. And I would say there is a mom of, actually her, her daughter sees me now and, and her name is Kristen, the mom. She has been a, a business mentor and she's always said to me, you can grow this. You can grow this. You know, I didn't have big hopes. I, I wasn't one of those people who had big dreams or thought I could create a million dollar business. And, you know, she said, you can do this. You can grow this. Be ambitious. People need this. And so, just a little shout out this morning to to Kristen um, for always saying, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. Um, and then, um, you know, the father of my kids has been a huge support their whole lives. Um, always, you know, being supportive of, of what I need to do. And I'm now in a relationship with someone who is definitely my biggest cheerleader. Um, but when it comes down to it, I also want to say that we as a team at Russell Coaching are each other's biggest supporters. Most of us have never met face-to-face. -face. You know, our work is virtual. We chat on WhatsApp every day. Um, I'll generally start the week with, a, you know, what's one word to describe how you're feeling about the week, or we'll finish the week with, a, you know, who's the student who inspired you the most. And Somehow, I think we have a really connected feeling, and those are the people who I rely on when I'm feeling discouraged, you know, whether whether it's Carla who manages the office and has a wicked sense of humor, you know, whether it's Margaret who does all of our marketing, Kate who does the billing, you know, everyone really has come to love our mission in the same way, and so while you know as the CEO that you are in this unique kind of one and only one position, I do feel connected to everyone who is at Russell Coaching. So I'm kind of fortunate because I have a ton of support. I really do. I mean, I have not a lot of mom friends, and I don't have a lot of mom friends who run businesses, but I've got a lot of support from family, and, and from people who work at the practice. What a wonderful way to wrap this conversation. As we are closing out, Dr. Russell, what do you want to leave our listeners with, and how may they reach out to you? Sure. I'd love for them to reach out. Um, I'd love for them to learn more about 
what I'm doing and hear our story. And I would especially love to connect with moms who are raising kids who are neurodiverse. So our practice website is russellcoaching.com, and Russell is two S's and two L's. Or you can simply Google search me, Noreen Russell, and you'll find everything. We are on Instagram at Russell Coaching LLC and try to post useful perspectives on there several times a week. Um, we are on LinkedIn. We are yet to be TikTok. Maybe TikTok dancing is, is in my future for, for next year. But really, it all starts at our home base, russellcoaching.com. And our blog postings are on there. All of the webinars that I've done are on there. And the podcast that I've appeared on, probably over 50 at this point, talking about kids who are neurodiverse and how do we help them be successful in school and life. So russellcoaching.com. And if you're the kind of person who likes to pick up the phone, we are at 212-716-1161. I absolutely hope that people reach out to you here on Word of Mom Radio. We do so much to raise awareness because parents need to know they're not alone. Of neurodiverse children, so often we feel like nobody understands and there's no resources out there. We have a wonderful show going on with Dr. Crystal Morrison, the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio, and it's all about that because she runs near Cat Village and how to re- how to connect everybody. And it is so important because we're not alone. Parenting, you're not on an island. There really are resources. I encourage you, if you've got a child who's not atypical, just reach out. There are services and people like Dr. Russell who are out there that are going to help them navigate through school because that's a huge part, no matter where your kid is. We want to see them move forward. So I thank you so much for sharing what you do and your mission with us here on Word of Mom Radio. And I really do hope that people reach out to you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. What a great delight it's been to talk with you this morning and think about the business and how it's grown and, you know, what it's like to run an international practice um, when... I had no idea this is what I'd be doing 15 years ago. So thank you for having me, and thank you for being such a great host. Absolutely my pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, thanks so much for being here. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So until next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous view. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is strong.